You're listening to Writer's Radio, broadcasting from the wild west coast of Canada. Tarek Malik, who is from the Punjab in Pakistan and now lives in Vancouver, is in conversation with Ingrid Rose in this episode, Exit Wounds. The Punjab was partitioned from India in 1947, one of the final colonial acts of Britain in India-Pakistan. Tariq's poems and short stories are inspired by his personal experiences of dislocation, emigration, and other effects of colonialism. I'm in conversation with Canadian-Pakistani poet and author Tariq Malik, who was born in Kotli in the Punjab province of Pakistan. Tariq Malik is also the author of Chanting Denied Shores, a novel partly set in Vancouver's Barad Inlet, where the Komagatu Maru was anchored in 1914. The ship had been chartered by hundreds of Punjabi Indians seeking refuge in any part of the British Empire. Tariq Malik, you characterize yourself as being a member of a typical immigrant family grappling with multiple dislocations. How did that come to be? My personal history is tied to the colonial experience in India, how it disrupted and dislocated the inhabitants of my ancestral village, which had existed for over a thousand years. The British policy of dismantling local industries to favor their own industries and supply lines resulted in dislocating vast populations from their ancestral homes. One other victim of this policy was also our indigenous languages, particularly Punjabi, because the preference was given to a united, uniting language of Urdu, which was a younger language than Punjabi. But Urdu has only existed for about 300 years. Punjabi's roots are beyond 1,000 years. So you didn't just lose a, a homeland in a sense, you also lost uh, your connection to your roots. And my tongue, and my ancestral tongue. So when I set out to write, initially this book was titled uh, Knights of Kleptomania, and later on uh, we chose an app title like the exit wounds. Um, I began the book by introducing it with a poem, which is when kleptomaniacs decamp. 
Will you read that for us? Okay. You check your pockets for lint. You tow the coin in your shoe. You weigh the antimony in your beloved's eyes, her bindi, her silenced anklet bell. Here she is flashing her creaseless palms. Look, tuck, they even stole our fortunes. When kleptomaniacs decamp, they take what they covet, but do not really need, knowing that what they have unmade, the survivors will undo with bare hands and unleashed tongues. Tariq, you are also um, the author of a collection of short stories about your hometown, Kotli, Rain Songs of Kotli. And there's some quite violent scenes that take place in one or two of the stories. This was something that you were aware of as you were growing up with your family there? Absolutely. Um... Kotli is located about 15 kilometers from the Indian border of northern Punjab. It so happens that the, that is where the partition line passes. So Kotli was in the forefront of all the carnage that took place uh, in that area. It is estimated that over a million souls were lost in that uh, 100 square mile region. Yes, yeah, so we're talking here about the partition of India and Pakistan. In, and this was done by the British. Done by the British in 1947 along religious lines. Yes, divide and rule. <laughs> but actually, Punjab and Bengal, the most troublesome provinces in India for the British, had already been partitioned before, especially Bengal. And this was the follow-up in which now we had, earlier on it was secular, but this time it was a long religious line. I have never really thought of colonialism as kleptomania. I think that's um, a very interesting way to look at it in exit wounds, which is to come out in the fall of 22. Yes. We're in 2022, Exit Wounds by Tariq Malik uh, with Caitlin Press. What an image that is of what it's like to be forced to leave your home. Tariq, you came, in fact, to British Columbia from Kuwait? Yeah, my migration or my origin story, as I told you, was from the village of Kotli Loharam. But um, once I completed my education, uh, I had no options of working in Pakistan other than moving to a country, to another country. So I've, I had the option to move to Kuwait where I could work as, a, as an industrial chemist. 
My time in the desert of Kuwait lasted 20 years, in which time I managed to fulfill my obligations to my family. My father had passed away early. He had worked in Kuwait in the 50s. Before that, he had worked in Iran. So when the time came for me, it was easier to follow in his footsteps and work at the same place that he had been working as an industrial chemist. And my duration was 20 years doing time. You did time in the desert. It's very biblical. <laughs> <laughs> but the poems reflect that as we progress through the book, it takes us uh, from the court, from Courtly, it takes us to Kuwait and then to Canada. So we have these three migra these two migrations of three different countries. We have also been uh, refugees from Kuwait. We have uh, uh, my wife has, uh, who's from Africa, from Uganda, has been a refugee from Uganda. So we have had to leave two countries, but uh, we have also been through three wars. And how many languages do you speak? I speak four fluently and I have a smattering of Arabic. And your wife too, I imagine, speaks yes, several languages yes. too. So what is your next poem for us? Which this, part of this migration? So I wanted uh, some kind of a symbol of the human impact of dislocation. And I set this in Kuwait. It's called The Swimmer of Dunes. In the aftermath of the Iraqi invasion of Kuwait in 1990 to 1991, several casualties and live landmines were lost in the shifting sands. To this day, their exact location and recovery remain elusive. Churning between yesterday, tomorrow, a glacial annual inch, the growth rate of human nails, this restless landmass claws its way towards the continent. As temperatures saw the dune morning pliant under the breeze is on the move again. In the course of one night's looming, several cubic feet of crest collapse, spilling forgotten hostilities jumbled down its slopes. Caught in mid-stroke rigor mortis, the swimmer of the dunes, Restless and uncharted, dreams at dawn, sifting the residue of sands, insomnia. Once, for a decade, my left foot stood exposed. The elements wreaked havoc, while a distant ticking inched closer. Why does my right shoulder feel so stiff? This blood tastes of rusting nails. What a, a timely metaphor, I think, 
to have that experience that is coupled both with the human body and the earth. And the concept of dislocation. Completely. And what's so interesting now as we become, more of us become aware of the plight of our planet. Uh, of course, this has been going on for way longer than most people, most of us have been aware of. And I think what you're talking about, this systemic dislocation. Well, both the dislocation, but the fact is that it was forced. Mm. I think, you know, I think what I'm referring to, which you do too, is the destructive power of colonialism. So may I read the next one? Please. <clears throat> okay, so this one is again uh, based on uh, migration and dislocations. For me, the the structure of an international airport is very similar to that of a large hospital, where you have souls coming in from one end and departing from the other, the obstetrics and the palliative, the arrivals in an airport and departures. So that's why, coincidentally, our airport is called YVR. <laughs> and that is so resonant, I decided to call my poem YBR. Yes, can I point out that with Tarek, with your accent, the V sounds like a we. Because so, I was trying to work out why VR. Yes, why we are. Uh, this poem is for Robert Dusensky, whose last desperate act of defiance was brandishing a stapler at the arresting police officer. The poem is divided into two parts. The first one, why we are here, the portals of arrival. At, at this first portal, we enter into an imminent penumbral world, yet our exhalation is held in check. The future will not be born. If the current world is not receptive, no heralds announce our arrivals. There are no vacant concavities into which we can be excluded. Gasping, clamoring, blue in the face, arriving only at this our moment of birth in panic mode. The second part, why we are here at the portal of departures. We may have arrived alone, but here we emerge at the other end, only to slip away, unnoticed but escorted, handcuffed, branded, invisible barriers ensuring the two ends never meet, and whatever happens to us in the internum will always take place behind tinted glass. So many times I have been 
at the arrivals and watch people, especially at international arrivals. And mostly, of course, there's joy often with people meeting um, maybe family members or close ones that they haven't seen. And it, it's very touching to actually watch it. But I'm not sure that I have actually ever seen anybody arrive who was not welcome. That seems to go on, as you say, behind, behind. tinted glass. When was that? It's 2007, October 14, 2007. Uh, he was a Polish immigrant coming to Canada. He was killed during an arrest at the Vancouver International Airport in Richmond, British Columbia. During customs processing, Duzanski began showing frustration and agitation towards airport staff. When members, when members of the RCMP encountered him stressed and disoriented in the International Reception Lounge, they pinned him, handcuffed, and used a taser electroshock weapon on Duzanski multiple times. Accounts suggest the weapon was used four or five times. Duzanski died at the scene from a heart attack induced by the electric shocks. The good news story of the arrivals is always shielded from the tragedy of the departures. Yes. And this occurs hand in hand in the same building with all you have in this smoke screen in between. And that's what life is generally, the way colonial world is set up, the current world, that we how we separate the tragedies from the celebration. Tariq, you have a few more poems to share with us. These continue the theme of departure and arrival, but on a larger historical scale. So the poem Encountering Terra Nullius is set with the colonizers arriving into India 200, something 250 years. Um, I'm going to read this poem. Uh, it's, an, it's the arrival of the colonials in India. And then I'm going to follow that up with the departure of the colonials from India with the partition story. Encountering Terra Nullius. Embarking on one wet, convulsive, wind-swept and isolated isle, you came armed with the unshakable faith in your musket, sail, book, pot, colour, and all that you traversed, land, streams, rivers, seas, oceans, were immediately stripped of their original people's names, histories and rendered terra nullius. No man lands awaiting your christening in celebrating your various inbred monarchies. 
You proceeded to encircle the globe, calling it your personal granary. You planted nothing, yet harvested endlessly and in every season with such ferocious, unfathomable greed that the scorched lands groaned, our sea has run out. With your pantries overflowing and your armories bristling, the bully with the stick now set out to civilize the world. The flow of winds, the fate of tides would deliver you to my shores where we were too polite to reject your offer of cheap trinkets and welcomed you with open arms. Our ensuing home invasion would last a hundred thousand nights. We are still trying to awaken from your unleashed nightmare. So that's the entry of the colonials to India. I was trying to understand and uh, visualize or conceptualize the partition in a sort of a non-abstract way. And when I was looking at it further, I realized that it's the most of the partition was engineered by some very toxic men. They're all men who sat together and came up with these options. So I imagined this to convey the essence of the partition. I imagined it as a child's play and I called it Batwara Batwara, which means partition, partition. Batwara Batwara, the partition story, a play in 75 years, 14th August, 1947, to 2022. Three generations late, I watch a dozen children play out the partition story as six boys gather around the stick game of Guli Danda, the girls at their clay pots of Kujji. When a tall boy traces a line in the mud with his thumb, the others reinforce it with their fists. They build a rudimentary wall along the line. They divert a river, reminding each other, slap anyone who crosses over. They raise huts on either side, attaching to each a thatch. They split their animals roughly. Someone gets the left hind leg of goat, another a chicken stringy innards. A sewer is set loose to flood enemy lines. When a fly buzzes across the tear, it is promptly pounced upon. And when a crow dares to wing it out of sight, it is brought down with slingshot. The mummified remains strung up in warning. The boys anoint their foreheads with blood, pat each other's shoulders, and upon inspecting the sharpness of their barbed wire, call themselves men. The two groups of girls exchange recipes, split the dal evenly, and set up fires on opposite sides, bringing their pots to boil. When one notices they have forgotten to sort the rice and seeing the boys preoccupied, she steps over the line and borrows some from her neighbors. 
I continue to watch as the women first feed the boys until they are quiet and calm. So that when one notices the wall he had built, he hastily demolishes it, while another rakes his fingers, blurring the lines further. Only then do the women sit down to eat, and over food they exchange gossip, staring into the flames of their hearts, and smiling at their children playing at batwara, batwara. The boys at their guli danda, the girls at their cooking pots of kujia. All these boys were angry men once, when nothing made sense. So that if one called out to the other, the only response was a hurled insult or missive. Even when an inner voice whispered, "Stop." Then one day we learned that out of nothing something emerges, even when we cannot comprehend it. We, who were all such boys and such girls once, one. We for whom kal means both yesterday and tomorrow. We who can barely survive our todays. have been listening to Ingrid Rose speaking with Pakistani Canadian poet Tarek Malik. Tarek's forthcoming poetry book Exit Wounds will be released by Caitlin Press in fall 2022. Stay tuned to our newsletter for the launch date. Thanks for listening. Writers Radio, produced by Ingrid Rose, Carol Harmon, and Gary Sill, airs from Half Moon Bay on the Sunshine Coast in Canada. Traditional lands of the Shishel Nation of the Coast Salish peoples. We regret historic and current injustices suffered by Indigenous people in Canada and by immigrants to Canada because of government religious and social policies and institutions in this country. We pledge ourselves to a more just and inclusive future.